Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Monday. I hope that we can treat you well. Today, I am recording a little bit in advance. So I realize that's kind of funny because I do kind of, this is what happened last week. This is what I'm planning for this week. But I'm recording this on the same week as last week's episode, so it's a little funky in that way, which is to be expected sometimes, I think. It's nice to be able to record a few in advance, especially if I'm traveling coming up, and so that's kind of what's going on here. I have a couple of trips coming up, and it's just easier to stockpile a little bit of content so that we don't get behind and I don't accidentally forget in the chaos of traveling around. But we're going to start today's episode off with three good things from this week because there is an infinite supply of good things in the world. So no need to regurgitate any of those. Although I do think I tend to pick the same thing over and over again. Even in my personal gratitude list, I'll have seasons where I'm just really grateful for something. Like this season right now, I'm really grateful for my coffee pot and the season before I was really grateful for my headphones and I still remain grateful for my headphones. I actually almost put them on the list here, but I was like, girl, pick something new. And so here's what we have. Good thing number one is having a coffee shop across from the office that I work at. It's just such a treat to be able to finish up lunch, walk down, grab a coffee, either sit there for a little bit and read, or if I don't, you know, if I need to bring a coffee back, bring a coffee back, but it's just such a sweet little moment. And it's it's a real joy. The second is credit card points. Y'all, I got on this boat a little late. I think because I, I was scared of credit cards, honestly, but I've built a lot of resilience and self trust and responsibility over the years. And I'm, really smart with them now, but I, yeah, I just feel it's really cool. I just booked a trip to go visit my friends in Chicago for free. I just straight up booked it with points and it's very cool. So loving that. Um, And then Audible and the Libby app, both of them are so cool. If you don't know, the Libby app is through your library. So you can basically check out books for free that are audiobooks from your local library if you have a library card and library cards are totally free so everyone should have a library card and then I also have an audible subscription and so anything I can't check out from Libby 
I'll get on Audible. And I like to stockpile my credits. So I think Audible's like $15 a month and I just kind of stockpile them until I go through a season where I really want to get through some books more quickly. And I typically use audiobooks as a compensation for the book I'm reading physically. So right now I'm reading a lot of classics, like really big, thick books. And I, I can't, I really like to finish a book within a week. I don't know what it is. It's probably something my therapist would say has to do with like my sense of urgency and everything, but you know, that's not another point. <laughs> Either way, Audible really helps me finish these books faster because I can just be listening to the audiobook while I'm cooking or getting ready or driving. There's just so much more time in the day where I could be listening to a book than when I can be like sitting down physically reading a book. I personally like to sit down and physically read a book. I like the act of holding a book and reading a book physically. So I'm probably not one to just listen to an audiobook unless I'm on a road trip or something. But yeah, I like to use it as a compensation and it's been really supportive, especially during this season of reading Little Women and Jane Eyre and things like that that are, are much thicker. Also, if you don't know on Audible, there's a lot of free audiobooks like Jane Eyre and Little Women I didn't have to use any credits to listen to, which is pretty, pretty neat. But in terms of what I've been thinking about this week, I got a question that came in for a Q&A I did on Instagram, and I didn't get to answer it because it came in kind of late in the evening, but I thought I would take the time to more thoroughly answer it here with you. And the question was, what do you find useful about the Enneagram? So I thought this was a fun thing to revisit. You know, Wednesday we're gonna be talking a little bit about just some elements of the Enneagram. So I thought, why not? Let's talk about why I like the Enneagram in the first place, why I use it, and why it's my preferred tool. So the first thing that I like about the Enneagram is it draws awareness to things that we do not know about ourselves already, or we may not be aware of in ourselves, you know? And and first is just like, what are our patterns of behavior? I think before I found the Enneagram, I just thought I, I was how I was. You know, I didn't really see it as these patterns of behavior. And I don't know that I would have been able to put words to what I learned through the Enneagram because to me, as a seven, like all of these things about me were like things I really liked, you know, it was like, I'm free spirited, I'm adventurous, I like change, I pivot directions when I need to, I, I follow the good feeling. I didn't think about the flip side of those things, you know, like the shadow side of them. And I had a friend a few years before I found the Enneagram who was like, I had asked her pretty directly, like if there was any area of growth that you think that I should do, like, what do you think? And she was like, shadow work. I think you need to go in your darkness. I think you need to look at your shadow and really like examine what's on the other side of this like bright, bubbly personality. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> and when I found the Enneagram, I was like, here it is. Like this is shadow work. Like it was like, here's the flip side of that free spirited, happy, adventurous, positive nature. It's not always doing what you think it's doing, you know? <laughs> so for that's the number one is first like recognizing patterns in shadow work, you know? And then 
Yeah, and then it also goes into why do you keep finding yourself in those patterns? Like, what are you trying to avoid? What are you running away from that keeps you kind of repeating these patterns of behavior? Because the truth is that any true change that we want to make in our life has to start with the recognition of these patterns. And once we can start to recognize what are these patterns of behavior that aren't serving me or aren't always working for me or I use it the wrong time in the wrong place and how can I adjust those to be more supportive to myself and my larger goals and my mental health, my well-being. The second thing that I really like about the Enneagram is it gives us information on the differences between people, right? Like what we think about the Enneagram is the water we're swimming in. We assume everyone else is in that water with us. So for years, I thought everyone else is obsessed with being positive and keeping an upbeat attitude and staying on the high side of life, you know? And so when people would be negative, it would feel like this thing they were doing on purpose. Like, I remember I used to always say, and not even that long ago, I used to always say, I'm not, I, I still see some value to this, you know? But one of my, my things I would say all the time was like, either accept it or change it. And... While I still stand behind that to some degree, I'm also like older and wiser now and I recognize that everything isn't always that simple. And in some ways that it kind of is always that simple, you know what I mean? Like either we accept it or we change it. And sometimes there are things that you can't, you're having a really hard time accepting or would take a lot of sacrifice in order to change. And so it gets complicated and messy in there. And so I just want to be clear that, like, I I honor the complication. But when it was the water I was swimming in and I thought, this is how people are, everyone feels as confident as I do in their ability to land on their feet. Everyone believes everything's going to work out perfectly for them and perfectly fine, that, you know, life is an unfolding of our own adventure. <laughs> like, this mentality that, like, everything's going to be okay. When you have that accepting things or changing them becomes a lot less complicated, right? And so if you think everybody in your life also has that and they just refuse to accept their circumstances or change them, then it's it's much more annoying, right? Like, oh, just do what everybody thinks you're supposed to do. Do what, like, is the universal right thing to do. But then when you recognize, oh, this is just the one little fish tank that I'm swimming in, the water that I'm swimming in looks like this, but like the water that you're swimming in is like totally different. And it's telling you that changing your circumstances is a giant risk and you may not ever fall on your feet. Actually, in fact, you probably won't fall your, on your feet. You'll probably fall on your behind out in the street when you lose, when you get evicted from your house because things are really stressful. You know, like that's a completely different set of water. And so making those decisions with out of that kind of fish tank is completely different than taking that decision out of the seven fish tank. And so when we can recognize like, okay, this, this is just the water I'm swimming in. You're swimming in totally different water, meaning that you think we all value safety, security, and being supported, or you, we all value being morally right. That's a completely different mindset, completely different worldview. So we can recognize like why people do what they do, then they become less frustrating to us. 
but also we can learn how do we engage with people differently based off of that information. You know, learning the language and tools and resources to manage conflict and manage communication with people who are in almost kind of like totally different worlds than we are. Because we've been training ourselves to respond a certain ways our entire life. And those ways are so vastly different. The third thing is that it gives us amazing language to communicate. So I can communicate who I am, why I do what I do, how I do what I do, the things I need to work on in ways that are much more in-depth and complicated than I was able to do before. And vice versa, you know, like for people in my life, like I can ask them better questions. I can offer them better insight. They can offer me language to understand them that I didn't have before. And finally, you know, it's useful because it's a map. It serves as a map to here's who you are, here's what you do, here's why you're doing it, and here are the patterns of behavior that follow these fears and these desires that you carry with you. And that's happening because of this thing happened in your childhood. And, you know, it's kind of like a map that you can take into your therapy work or to work with a coach and say, here's what I need to work on. Here are some like patterns. And while I don't think that like every seven has the same story or every nine has the same story, but what you can do is you can take this map and say, here's how this is showing up for me or has shown up for me in the past and here's how it shows up for me in the future. My therapist doesn't even know my Enneagram type, um, but I can communicate with the language of the Enneagram and the map that I have of my type to do some really good work with her on, you know, what can I improve? How can I grow? Etc. Etc. So yeah, so to sum it up, it draws awareness to things that we may not know about ourselves, like our patterns and our shadow. It gives us information on the differences between people. It gives us language to communicate those differences, and it serves as a really thorough map toward growth. Now let's get into the coffee chat element of this week. So last week, again, this is a complicated week because we're kind of doubling up. But I'm going to tell you what we're planning to do because I can't really tell you what happened last week because it's the future for me. But I can tell you what we're planning. So we are planning to go on spring break with the kiddo. Um, We're heading to Raleigh, North Carolina for just a couple of nights. That's where the kiddo picked. I said you could go anywhere that's like driving distance and gave them a way too complicated list of places and they picked Raleigh because Mr. Beast is a YouTuber that he likes is there so um, I don't think we're gonna see Mr. Beast but they'll be in the air or something you know I think that's the excitement second um, I'm hoping to build a birdhouse this weekend wish me luck (laughs) I don't know how it's gonna go hopefully I get to do it I might not but fingers crossed And then I can tell you that I read and finished already Franny and Zoe uh, as part of my classics read. Uh, I will say it's by J.D. Salinger. I don't know. This is the first J.D. Salinger book I've ever read. Um, It read kind of like a play and I gave it like a three out of five. Like it was, I feel like it's like literarily good. I can objectively say that it is a good book. Well written. But, and it's like very interesting, and I feel like the literary elements that he used were really fascinating. 
but not my favorite book. You know, it wasn't like life changing for me or even particularly entertaining for me. It was kind of like, oh, interesting writing technique. <laughs> and, then, and then we moved on. And I'm also kind of cheating. I'm reading two books this week. The second one I just started, which is Lessons in Chemistry. Um, if you don't know, I read seasonally. So I read like certain kinds of books each season. So for spring, I picked classics. And this is not a classic, <laughs> but my neighbor uh, saw me on the porch the other day and she was carrying the book. And I was like, oh, I've been meaning to read that. And she just handed it to me and was like, well, borrow it, give it back when you're done. And so I'm going to read it fast because I don't want to forget to give it back to her. And I won't be on books like that until June. So I wanted to go ahead and read it and give it back. So kind of cheating, but also it's a made up rule that I made up myself. All right, so now getting into what I'm feeling vulnerable about. Okay, I'm feeling vulnerable because I accidentally booked two trips like back to back. I Here's what happened. I have been needing to, dying to, craving going to Chicago to see like two of my best friends that live there. They're opening a new business there and I really want to be there for it. I also just like usually visit them once a quarter and I haven't been there since November. And that's like, I mean, I guess that was last quarter technically, like it was winter, but I am just really craving time with them. I really miss them. My therapist was like, you should make a point to visit them. <laughs> and my husband, when I told him, he was like, yeah, that's a really good idea. They're just like really good for me in so many ways. So I went ahead and was like, okay, I'm going to book this trip for a, the one week in April that I can book it. So I did that, but I didn't realize that it was like one day after we get back from Raleigh with our kiddo. So we get back from Raleigh on Friday night. I'll have all day Saturday. And then I leave at like five in the morning on Sunday. We're like, three in the morning from our apartment to get to the airport in time. So, oops, <laughs> um, that wasn't really the plan, but also like, it'll be fine. You know, uh, I thrive in chaos, like not too, not super stressed about it, but I do feel bad. I felt bad for Obes, my husband, because I was like, oh, that's like, I didn't realize because with spring break, basically we have the kiddo for longer. And so it put him like taking on more responsibility and I felt really bad and I was like, I'm so sorry. And he was like, I'm not worried about it at all. Um, I know this is going to be really good for you. This is going to be like, not, it's not a big deal at all. So that's great. But, it, you know, feeling a little vulnerable about it. I am feeling proud of taking care of myself today. I have an interview that starts a bit later than normal. And instead of working 10 hours, like I am inclined to do, I took the morning off and just let myself start late and have a slow morning. And it felt really nice and feel really proud of that choice. And my core desired feelings. So for April, I chose energized, sociable, and free, which is gonna be pretty easy this week because I'm gonna feel energized by planning trips. I'm going to feel social because I'm seeing two of my best friends in Raleigh and then two of my best friends in Chicago, like days apart. So that's a dream. And I'll feel free by traveling 
both with the family and alone, which I love both of those things. And then my self-care challenge. So last week I said I was going to take myself on a solo date to the botanical gardens and to the art supply store. But as of recording this episode, I haven't done that yet because there hasn't really been enough time since I recorded the last one. So I'm just going to keep it the same for this episode as well, and we'll do something new for the next one. So that's still my self-care challenge. And then what's coming up in terms of content this week? On Wednesday, we'll talk about the triads in the Enneagram, like the different groupings of three, which is really fascinating. And then Friday, I'm answering a question texted into the podcast phone line about routines and differentiating between type seven and type nine. So this week is an invitation to reread your Enneagram type and see if there are patterns there that you haven't noticed in a while. And we're going to end today with a quote from Sandra Maitri, author of The Spiritual Dimensions of the Enneagram, Nine Faces of the Soul. In the course of working on ourselves, we learn in time that when we stay on the surface of ourselves, which is to say when we are identified with and operating from our outer shell, our personality, we suffer. The more asleep we are to the reality beneath our shells, the less we feel that life is fulfilling, meaningful, and pleasurable. Or in the language of the Enneagram, the more fixated we are, the less we partake of the loving nature of reality. For we have lost our connection with holy love. Our suffering is not the result of being alone or of being in the wrong relationship. It's not because we have enough money or because we have too much of it or because of anything of the sort. Nor is it because our outer surface doesn't look as pretty as we think it should, or because our personality isn't as pleasant as we think it might be. We suffer because we are living out of distance from our depths. It's as simple as that. The more our souls are infused with being, the better we feel, and the better life seems to us, no matter what our outer circumstances happen to be. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining me today for another episode, and I will see you Wednesday for the next one. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.